Hello and welcome back to the show floor of Offshore Europe 2023. We're delighted to be welcomed and joined by Kevin Franklin, CEO of 3T. Uh, Kevin, how are you doing? How have you found the show so far? Really, doing really well. It's busy, it's great to see. It's lively, lots of energy, isn't it? Lots of energy, yeah, yes. Lots of great people to talk to, so uh, nice, exciting. Fantastic. Yeah. Any any particular stands you've seen so far, aside from 3Ts, of course? Well, the Energy Voice is pretty good. Like and, that. Uh, like 3T that. is excellent. So, I mean, you need to go there. On honestly. message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 3T rebrands event last night. Tell us a bit about what that rebrand means for the business, Gavin. I guess it's part of the journey, really, Alistair, because if you think about 3T or 3T Energy as well, it came into being almost six years ago. And we're in a position where we're the number one provider of uh, training into the energy market in the UK uh, by some distance. And, uh, you know, foundation is the oil and gas offshore piece and so forth, but we're number one in renewables. Uh, we've got a very strong um, growth trajectory. We just don't menu facility in Teesside. Yeah. Uh, and that's around, you know, the industries that are currently there, but also the progression of industries around, particularly around the transition that we could see that's happening there around the redevelopment of that region yeah. and so forth. So we're really keen to support that. Uh, we've got in the last uh, six, nine months, new facilities in Manchester, in Glasgow and in London, albeit London and Glasgow ones are, are smaller at this stage. But we're on a really interesting journey. So we've built ourselves you know, to a really strong position in terms of where the, where the business sits. And we've also, I guess, in the last uh, 12 months or so, yeah, expanded internationally. So we've now got a JV in Qatar. We've got a JV in uh, Guyana yeah. uh, that we've developed and so forth. We're developing uh, training internationally. Uh, and that you know, builds on the presence we already had, for example, in, uh, in Houston and in Dubai in particular. So it's a really exciting place to be. So, I mean, the rebrand's a natural evolution. You know, the businesses that uh, had come together over time and... Uh, Whilst part of the story is, is M&A and acquisition and so forth, we've got a very strong organic story to tell as well. And, and so that rebrand, now telling the story more coherently and so forth, is a natural evolution. So what was launched last night, we're highly delighted with it. We've had lots of uh, super feedback and uh, you know, our team's done a great job. Uh, in that regard, so uh, all guns blazing. All guns blazing around different kind of energy hubs around the world. It sounds very, very busy. Let me ask you about this philosophy around uh, highest impact learning, Kevin. Tell me a bit about that. How does one go around delivering something like that? Well, I guess, and again, as we've been through this sort of uh, thinking about the business and the developing the business and where we've been successful, I mean, ultimately, we were a learning business, Alistair. And you know, as a learning business, what do we want to be good at? What are we good at? And it's delivering a compelling learning outcome for people. So you know, highest impact learning, safety critical industries, it's delivering that uh, learning experience in an appropriately engaging way. So it resonates, fixes in your head, uh, you build it into your muscle memory, you can build the skills into your day-to-day working and so forth. But on top of that, if you find yourself, God forbid, as we all do on occasions, in a sort of crisis situation and so forth, you've, you've got a lot of muscle memory. Right. You understand what to do in those situations so that you've uh, got the maximum opportunity to uh, negotiate the challenges successfully. So, you know, highest impact learning, 
yeah, we, yeah, we think it succinctly sums up what we do, highest impact learning for safety critical industries and so forth. And it's around, it's, it, it, it's, it's a blended solution a lot of the time. So it can be a, a technology solution, it can be a practical solution, it can be a combination. Yeah. It's whatever is appropriate, really. Yeah, let's talk a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a bit about that technology piece and building that muscle memory as you describe. Finding the balance between new ways of training and, I guess, more traditional ways of doing it. Find, talk to me a bit about how you find that balance and find the right solution for the right, I suppose, type of training or the right uh, application. And the answer is depends mm. uh, in many respects. <laughs> so um, what we find, um, particularly with the younger generation and things like that, and particularly as technology is developing and so forth, technology is becoming increasingly important. Uh, you know, and you think about the journey that technology is on in terms of you know, the immersive learning, the VR, the AI, data analytics, machine learning, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think it's still got a way to go, but we do feel that you know, the practical element of training is almost certainly going to have a place in most cases as well. So it's augmenting the training or complementing the practical training or the digital training with the alternate solution. Because if you think about the practical elements, um, you know, sometimes you've just got to do it in a tactile way. You've got to be able to touch it, you feel it, experience it. And you know, there are some pictures around here of people uh, going into, uh, you know, onto a fire ground or going into a survival pool. Look, we can do all that in VR, but you don't really feel the heat in VR or you don't feel the water going up your flipping nose or whatever when you do it in, in, in VR and so forth. So, um, you know, we, we, we see certainly for the foreseeable, a lot of it will be a mixture. Um, which, which is going to be important because that will give the best outcome for people and so forth. But we do see there's a journey and there's a trajectory where technology is, can still have a lot more in terms of that capability and so forth. And we're keen to unlock that for people. Yeah, I'm, I, well, I, we've done plenty of technology stories, but I remember my own survival training and uh, well you know, feeling that and then it's not really something... Have you, have you refreshed it? I'll have to come back. We'll get that signed off after this, yeah. Uh, you talked a bit about, I guess, the various hubs around the world you work in. Obviously, there's, um, I guess, various cultural barriers, I suppose, for lack of a better word there. Just talk, talk to me a bit about there and operating different regions and, I guess, the, the opportunities, maybe the challenges as well that can, that can bear. I don't know whether I'd characterize them as cultural barriers, really. I get why you asked the question. I understand that um, and so forth. I think some of the challenges in terms of having an appropriately skilled workforce are probably contexted that way rather than necessary culture sure. and so forth and, and there's a quite often localization agenda in the territories that we work in so Guyana for example I mean they're very keen appropriately to have you know the indigenous and local population appropriately skilled yeah. to um to deliver their um, yeah, economic success ultimately. I'm absolutely that is the right thing to do. Um, not to have a load of uh, Abadonians coming over there and sitting. There's yeah, so but, many of them around <laughs> the world, yeah, I know. Absolutely, and so forth, delivering that. So I mean, that, that is an element of it. And, that, and of course that's important for us because it's a big part of our growth story. And we are ambitious to grow further internationally. It's part of the vision that we've got. Yes. And you'll see in the website, we're now calling ourselves 3dglobal.com. Uh, you know, that's, that's important, that's a, that's a message statement in that context. But what there is, is also, there's different regulatory environments. 
in many respects in some different parts of the world. So the US will be different from Europe, be different from the UK, you know, be different from some of the expectations in the, the Far East and so forth. But quite often the standards are, can be driven by, if you think about oil and gas, you know, the major operators that are within those regions and so forth. Because it goes to reputation ultimately. They want to be working efficiently, but they also want to have that, they don't want any accidents basically. They don't want to lose time, it costs them money. Yeah. and so forth, all of those things. So it's all, yeah, the, the nuances of the culture obviously are important, but uh, yeah, it, it's just, a, you need to tailor what you're doing and not be arrogant and feel that, well, we can just lift up what we've got in the UK and just plonk it into country X, Y, Z, because you can't do that. It's, it's building on it successfully, really, and tailoring it in that context. And, and just to bring it to the UK again, um, you know, so much we're hearing right now is we need a, Companies like yourselves, I suppose, who are, can help facilitate a transition uh, for workers going from oil and gas through to renewables. Can you maybe talk to how you see that uh, that problem? I suppose barrier might be a more appropriate word there at the moment, and uh, how we might go about address that in the UK. I think it's a worldwide question, really. It's an international question. I think it's a great question uh, in in that context and so forth. So if I think about how we are skilling a workforce and reskilling a workforce, because there's a there's a shortage of people across the world yeah. in that context and so forth. I mean, in the UK, we're supporting uh, several hundred apprenticeships each year. Uh, off mic before we started, we were talking about RGU that we yeah. work with, for example, the you know, Alistair. Um, but we've got collaborations and long established collaborations across the world with universities and colleges um, and so forth. We work quite closely with um, the military uh, in terms of um, resettling, you know, leavers, military leavers and so forth and helping them develop careers. Really good skill set of people come out of the military. Yeah. Uh, really good and, you know, people who want to transition into a new uh, sector and so forth, we provide low cross finance for them, etc., so they can take their appropriate um, courses that they, they want to, to take and so forth. But I guess in terms of specifically in the... Um, UK, we were delighted to get involved in the North Sea transition deal. So we've developed something called the Skills Passport in conjunction with, with APITO and funded by the Scottish Government. And that is all around creating a platform where there's visibility over the skill sets that individuals have got so that they can use those skills to transfer across sectors. And we feel that's probably got capability to beyond the the North Sea as well. So, I mean, that's a really exciting project to, to get involved in. So, look, and on top of that, as you, I'm sure, will have picked up, we are investing monies into the transition ourselves. So, we're following, um, you know, we bought a business called UCT last year, which is electrification, utilities, training, gas, etc., etc. And there's a big demand for these sort of people across the world. So we feel, you know, getting behind that, supporting that, following what's happening in carbon capture, hydrogen, things like that, it's a really exciting space. And I suppose, you know, you've talked about different energies, different geographies, different technologies. I mean, if you're going to crystallize, I guess, the future of 3T, the future of training, uh, it's a big question. Uh, how, how would you, I guess, define that and, and pin that down if you can? Okay. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question, isn't it? I'll try and answer it in a... Uh, a succinct way. I mean, but we've sort of, we've 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 hit on a sort of strap line of yeah, you know, three T training, 
uh, technology transformation and so forth in terms of that and how we want to be known, how we people want to know us. But you know, the future of training for us is to be continually on that journey of delivering the highest impact learning that you talked about, giving the best learning outcome for people. We work best um, and we really, really enjoy working people in a collaborative way, you know, helping them to understand where some of their learning deficiencies are, yeah, helping them to understand how by upskilling and so forth, they can get to a better place, be more capable, more competent in, the, in their, in their um, day-to-day working environment and operate more safely as well. So that journey in terms of uh, you know, giving them learning that resonates and it's just going to hit home, just hit home, getting that experience. And I think we've all learned over time that there are different ways of learning. People work, learn in different ways and being able to provide that um, variability appropriately for people so that we are, we're delivering the right tailored outcome is, is why it's exciting, to be honest. It's a great place to leave it on. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kevin. That is us for now, but keep an eye out on Energy Voice Out Loud for more through Offshore Europe through the week. Out Loud is the podcast from Energy Voice leading the global energy conversation. Bookmark and subscribe to energyvoice.com, sign up to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for expert analysis and insight right across the energy sector. Subscribe to Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do encourage colleagues and friends to listen to Out Loud too. If you've enjoyed it, leaving a rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts, helps others discover it too. Thank you.